T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This hour is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. The Bernstein and Holmes Show. Middays, 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes. Dane and Hughes is going to join us. All right, so look, you're on in Chicago. We've got a young quarterback that we've got a lot of faith in him doing some special stuff. I'd love to know, and I don't know how much Justin Fields tape you've seen, but I'd love to know what you think of Justin Fields. Oh, I think he's an absolute dynamic playmaker, and that's a difference. If you can have a playmaker that's also a really good quarterback, which I think he is, if he gets some weapons around him, I feel like he can really be special as well. Like, he's on the cusp of really making some noise. Herm Edwards joining us here on The Score. You watch the athletes play in today's game, the quarterback especially, and you guys got one in Chicago that has a chance to be pretty special. You're hoping he takes the same leaps that uh, Hurst has taken as a passer, get him some more weapons to play with, and you might have something there for a while in Chicago. Former Eagles Pro Bowl linebacker Ike Reese. By the way, just off topic, uh, keep Justin Fields. <laughs> He's a pretty damn good quarterback. Keep Justin Fields. Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination for Chicago sports talk. If you are really scouting Jalen Hurts versus J- Justin Fields is superior in multiple ways as an athlete. That's what I mean. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I was listening to this all weekend. This is uh, Most Deaf. track is called Water. The album's called Black on Both Sides. I was listening to, to it. It's 24 years old, and it's still like a press play album for me. Like I was driving around on Saturday, and I'm like, man, the mighty Most Deaf. Like this album is still really, really, really good. It was my soundtrack for all of Saturday. What inspired you? I don't know. I was just kind of looking like I love listening to mixtapes. So I listened to a lot of mixtapes on SoundCloud. And I said, oh, well, what if I like go into the archives? And I'm like, man, you know, I always loved that album. I wonder if it holds up because sometimes you go back and stuff doesn't hold up. Like some of it's good, but it doesn't hold up. Like Doggy Style for me is um, a great, wonderful album. And there are bangers on there, of course. But if you listen to the album, it's like, Eh, kind of doesn't hold up. Yeah, I the, the only time I did this recently was because I don't know, I got in like a little rabbit hole on on Wikipedia and I was kind of just feeling nostalgic for stuff. And I ended up listening to third base derelicts of dialect yeah. all the way through. 
and it's goofy. It's got those little interludes yeah. and stuff. And there's all the sorts. vignettes. Yeah, there's little vignettes in there. But some of the beats, some of those 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 thick, funky, weird beats that they do, I was like, oh yeah, I remember really liking this. And now I that I had I had pretty good taste, is what I was thinking. Yeah, you know? I, I go back occasionally to listen to stuff and. And and there's so many albums that I love, like, growing up. I mean, this one, like, by the time this one comes out, let's see, I'm 23, because I think most Def and I are about the same age. And I'm going, wow, like, this is really, his his rhyme structure, the things that he talked about, the choices that were made, the instruments that are played, the, the choice of um, things that he was discussing, the fact that he played instruments on a bunch of the songs, it's just such a great album, and I and I started a thread on Twitter about it, and people talk. I, I think it's an immaculate like hip hop album. I think it's a press play on it and just listen, and maybe you go back. Like the big, the big hit from that album is a song called Miss Fat Booty. It's I mean it's a great song, and it samples an Aretha Franklin um, song, and it's it's just everything about it to me is really really well done, and it. I kind of look at hip hop as like if I were trying to explain hip hop to someone who didn't know anything about it, like what albums would I choose? Like what pieces of music would I choose to show the evolution of it? And Black on Both Sides by Most Def is one of them. That's The Renaissance by uh, Q-Tip is another one where it wasn't commercially successful, but you could see him being like, I'm going to try new stuff. And it ends up working out where it's him and Nora Jones on a song, like all sorts of cool stuff. But I was riding, and the sun came out on Saturday. Yeah, a lot of sunshine. It was nice, and 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 the, the you're noticing that it's like five twenty, and yeah. the sun's still kind of up a little bit. Like, oh, okay. If it, it felt good. like yesterday, I went for a walk. I had a, a a dinner, but I went for a walk while the sun was out, and I you know I took all my stuff and I had my hat and my gloves. I was like, oh, I don't need either. One of these, and it just felt. And looking at the forecast for this week, pretty good. So, yay! I went to Mont- uh, the bird sanctuary at Montrose Point to get my walk in. On um, just because nice on Saturday, and I just want to go take a nice you know, long walk off a short pier. And the <laughs> usually I walk the full pier all the way down to little curly Q end because sometimes there's some cool little diving ducks in there this time of year. The is it still icy the, or it? I I took a couple steps out there. And I didn't, and I looked. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, this is just dumb. It was, it was way too iced over. So, it, and, and the beach itself was perfect. So I ended up actually because it was frozen. So even though there's sand underneath, you, it was, it was, it was frozen enough. It just ended up being just right. It was like a moonscape almost. Oh, okay. It, and and it was a just a the weather was ideal for a nice. You know, ninety minute walk all out and around there, and there wasn't a whole lot to see because the you know it's not the, the birding isn't great this time of year unless you like weird ducks, and so you see plenty of those. But the 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 there were dogs running around on the dog beach, and it was like I, I it, a thawing, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. You know, you needed to, needed to get out there, but it's just the. I was gonna walk the pier, and I and I got halfway. I'm like, eh, should I keep going? Walk the plane. Whoa, look out! Ducks. Whoa. And I, I, 
I think discretion was the better part of valor because I, I I wanted to keep going. I'm like, this is this. Is, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to not be able to get back or I'm going to slip. I'm going to fall in. You're going to be on the news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like this, this, this is not going to end Local well. Local sports talk host Dan Bernstein had to be rescued from the lake. <laughs> right. What are you doing out there, idiot? Uh, I was out walking around. <laughs> I was kind of icy and stuff, but I, I wanted to go because that's what I usually uh, do. Something's out. Uh, <laughs> I know people weren't watching a ton of sports this weekend, but my Friday night was incredible because I was watching the Caribbean World Series. There you go. Like, I'm what? Like, Venezuela versus Puerto Rico? Come on down. It was so fun to see, like, baseball and, you know, some stakes baseball. Like, there's still, I think they start the knockout round today. But even still, like the vibe, and I guess Caracas is holding it, is hosting it. So Venezuela is is hosting it. And seeing that Friday night, I just sat on my couch and I go, yeah, baseball is coming back. And here we are with the swaggiest of the swaggy to, to get me going before my team has the Camelback Ranch. And then we see that they still have that guy on the team. So I was happy, and then I wasn't happy, and then I was happy again because I was like, screw it. I'll just watch baseball, and it'll be fun. And then you start thinking about your team, and you go, oh, I'm not having any no, fun No, don't. The point is to not. The point is if you just want to watch baseball, watch baseball. You don't have to think about the fact that the White Sox are trying to make us forget that they have Mike Clevenger and that they're not saying anything about it. It was just nice to like get the feel of like a a crowd at a game and – all of the cool things that happen when you start talking about baseball from around the world. It's on the list. Like I I've never been to Venezuela and I've had long conversations with Ozzy and Ozzy jr. About whether or not I should go to Venezuela, but I've seen mm-hmm. baseball in Puerto Rico. I've seen baseball in Nicaragua. I've seen baseball in Mexico, I've seen baseball in the Virgin islands. And I want to see like baseball in DR and Venezuela. Cause I, I have a colleague um, at DePaul, and she's from the Dominican. And when I was, I wrote my my big final paper in grad school about um, how the media portrays Latino ball players. Like that was my big project, a media frames of Latino ball players. So I was talking to a bunch of different people, a couple of academics, and she was talking about baseball in the Dominican, and she goes. You would love it. And I'm like, why would I love it? And she goes, we don't, we don't just clap in the Dominican. Like, we roll with pots and pans. Like, we are making noise when we go to baseball games. I'm like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds like my steez, like right there. Like that's so I, I want to kind of before before I'm done, or maybe after I'm done with like my career career, I'll just travel around and just go, ah, oh, let me go check out a game in in Panama. And see what the baseball culture is like there. Because it's, it's when you grow up in baseball culture here, it's so different and regimented. Oh, and- do you remember what the, uh, the Vanderbilt coach told us? Do you remember what he told us, Cronin? Yeah, he was great. Do, uh, that, Mike, do we have that somewhere? I, I, that really resonated with me. I thought that, he was so good. Because when I asked about baseball culture, and about why we're, we're, we're just sticking the ass baseball culture here. And he had one reason why. The parents. Yeah, this is Tim Corbin with Corbin, us. Corbin, excuse me. In December. Why is it that it seems like, and maybe it's not the reality, 
it seems like the international, the other international teams are playing with more joy than the American players are. Can we ever get to a level where we're seemingly having as much fun as the other teams are? Yeah, it's called adults. It's called parents. We put a lot of pressure on kids. When we allow kids to do things and we release the opportunity to them, you're going to see more smiling. When you feel like you're carrying luggage on either hand because you got to produce for the people around you, that smile is going to go in the other direction. It's going to go down. And when you free a kid up from the standpoint of you're allowing him to play, it's play baseball. It's not work baseball. It's play anything. And you think about kids around the world that don't have the resources that we have. Well, they also don't have parents that are following up on every little damn thing that they're doing either. So they can just go out there and just play. And it's, it's amazing as adults in, in our world how we put these kids in terrible positions to where, you know, they feel like they have to produce for us when it's, it has nothing to do with us. It has never had anything to do with us. When you play, start playing Little League games and, and youth, youth games with just umpires and just coaches and no fans, you're going to see a lot of smiles and you're going to see a lot of production because then kids will get back to that that mindset of, oh, we're just playing. That's right. We're just playing. And whether there's a scoreboard or not a scoreboard, they'll be playing for one another and they'll be playing for themselves. And that's when you'll start to see production in kids. And that's when you start to see more happiness in kids as well. Frame that. Yep. It's that's great. And, and, you know, like obviously he benefits from, Players, like elite players, but you hear that and you go, that's exactly the type of coach that I want my son or daughter to play for. One that gets it, you know, like, and, and he went in on, on that topic and he wasn't afraid, like he wasn't worried about his stature as the Vanderbilt coach or messing up recruiting. Like he really, truly feels this way. And that is something I mean, you can tell he's passionate about that because of how prepared he was to answer it in just that way. Like that is an answer he's given before. This is he that he, he feels strongly about that. And as we're we're getting to that season now that uh, you can you can start to hear the the pop of the mitt, the crack of the bat, the ping of the bat depending on where you are. All these facilities are full of people. I see those those Lane Tech kids marching every morning. This whole, the, all the Deadpool guys with their with the two bats sticking out of their backpacks. The freshman team, it's it's Lane, so it's like they've got their two freshman teams and three JV teams and two varsity teams. It's like three hundred kids all walking from early morning practice, and it's it's starting to feel a little baseball-y if you're if you're paying attention. Yeah, it's nice to go from we had that super cold day, and then like the next day it was thirty five, and you just. Like, all right, I'm feeling it a little bit. Like, you want to want to start, like, loosening up your arm. And, I mean, I know for you, like, this is a big deal. Like, this is, you know, Jason's last season. Uh, don't, At, don't get old. Uh, As yeah. a high school baseball player, it, it, is he's, he? He's throwing pens already. They, 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 they've got the cage and everything going at school. So, they're, the pitchers are already beginning their, their pre-practice. Does he think he might be able to walk on at Bucknell? Hell no. Well, I, I mean, know. he's going to try out. Yeah, he but should. it's D one. So, I mean, those are big boys. Yeah, it's at ten D one, but still right. No Patriot, Patriot League, Patriot League. Yeah. Do you, do they ha- also have a club team? Yes. Or, 
Oh, there you go. Yep. So they've got both, and their club hockey is their only hockey team. So he's doing that. So I think he was going to want to do that. But club, look, there's nothing more fun than college club baseball. I agree wholeheartedly. You, you talk about exactly what 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 he's what Corbin's talking about there. He's just playing. No one's watching us. We're just all everybody who just wanted to play ball, and you're wearing the the name of your school on your chest and just playing. It's that was as much fun as I've ever had playing baseball. I uh, same thing. I mean, summer leagues were great, but. But club college club ball is awesome. But no, because he was he we were looking at the their their actual D one roster. I mean they're 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 real dudes. They get kids drafted out of there every once in a while. Like there's big dudes. And it's like yeah, well maybe maybe they need a sidearm slider righty, and they have one, and he's six five one ninety. So like yeah, they, that 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 guy who who throws from your arm, it's that guy. And then in the in the incoming class, like you saw the the scholarship baseball players posting on their little whatever it is the web forum they've got for the for the class of 2027 and this guy is like oh he's from california and he's a big blonde-haired kid with two giant parents and it's like hobbies baseball and church (laughs) (laughs) go to church leave church come back and play baseball like there you go like that's playing baseball go to church varsity player that's hobbies baseball church I like baseball, and, <laughs> and I like church. Parents say I have to go to church, and then I go back to baseball. <laughs> there you go. That that guy. He's going to have a lot of fun <laughs> with all of it. I would still, I still have summer ball over club ball. Club ball was a lot of fun because of who we got to play. And you're like, wait a minute, I I actually am competitive against guys who like are playing, you know, Mike Rankin's level. I'm like, huh. It was fun to see. You never know. It depends on the club team because sometimes you end up playing other club teams. Sometimes like tiny schools varsity teams. Yeah, that's what we. That's what we mostly played. We at had DePaul. We had games against some some like men's league teams, like men's cl- competitive, like old guys. That was fun too. When you get some guy who's like forty two and throwing knuckleballs, like oh okay. I I enjoyed it because I that's where I, you remember Jill Urchek? Sure. Her dad Woody is like like a legendary baseball coach, and we used to play his team. And he used to get furious with me because he would I was a back up the box hitter, and no matter how he pinched his middle infielders, I was always getting it through. And he hated it, and he hated every time that he saw me come to the plate because he knew exactly what was going to happen, and they they would never shift enough right to to beat it. I also never adjusted to the shift and just kept like, I'll just hit through the shift just like Kyle Schwarber. I'm not going to try to go to right field or anything. Just do what I do. Love that. 708's mad at me. Encourage your kid. Don't tell him no. No, look, try out. Go Go see what it's like. F around and find out. Go see what it's like. We saw some D1 kids this summer. We saw that team from where does St. John, Indiana, the Yard Goats. Didn't you see like a Canadian hockey team too? Yeah, but but this this baseball team we ran into is just like every kid was all scholarship kids. They when I went scholarship kids the regional tryout I went to in '97 for the Braves. And I'm like, okay, like I was like, I I want to take this. Everybody as- run the sixty. You two stay. The other hundred and seventy five of you go home. I mean, <laughs> that's that's what I've heard about those things, Dan. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> yep. They said they said, all right, we're gonna have you run the sixty. 
under eight seconds, you get to stay. Everyone else has to go. So I ran a seven two, hey, and there were like there were like, I would say twenty of us there, and after that there were ten of us there, and then they were like, well now you're gonna field, and I'm like, well I brought my catching gear, but no one's ever gonna have me catch. So like I can play second base, and they're like, all right, we're gonna see you throw from shortstop. And I was like, oh good. <laughs> <laughs> so then we did that, and I survived it. And then there That's were, already an accomplishment, frankly. There were six of us left after that. And then they were like, would you like to hit? And I was like, yes, but I can't. <laughs> so I'll try. I'll do my best. And that's when they sent me home. But even like I was so shook from finish because I was worried because it was a catcher. I'm not fast. And, and I was really worried about the 60. And when I looked up and guys were like packing their stuff and getting into their car and leaving, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is real deal stuff that's going yep. on here. Shocking. I've same stories, but I've, I've literally heard where they had a hundred some kids and after the 60, there were only two. And like you guys, we want to see. They didn't pick up a ball, put on a glove. It's the it's literally the first thing that they had yeah. you do. Like you put down your stuff, and guys are like warming up and stuff, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna have you run the sixty, and then you run your sixty, and you're like, oh, that guy got to go home. That guy who was behind me, he's going home. So scary, but so much fun. We got some NBA stuff we have to get to here. Oh, I dang, this we just is, ate up that first segment, yeah, didn't the, we? And the, the seven oh eight is say the Bulls missed the boat on Kyrie. So, no, 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 no. I I don't understand how you can saddle your fan base with having to root for him. I really don't. I, I just I, it's how spiteful a move is it to tell your fans here. There you go. Here you go. You, now now you got to want this guy to do well. Because he's just the worst. And you're probably trading away a fan favorite to do it. He's just the worst. How do you bring him? I mean, I, I know he's great, but how do you do that to your fans? How do you put them through that kind of cognitive dissonance? I'm glad that the Bulls didn't end up with Kyrie Irving. But he does bring up something that I wanted to talk about. Like We had mentioned it a little bit on Friday. But I, I was wondering if we can walk through some of this. And it has to do with player empowerment and how that whole thing is going for some of the players in the NBA. We'll discuss that and talk about the Kyrie trade. It's Bernstein and Holmes. You're listening to The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Why we keep picking up these hot garbage guys cannot play? Westside Mike! Kyrie Irving is no longer a Brooklyn Net. He is now Dallas Maverick, and then the Nets got back. Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie and a first in 2029 and second round picks in 2027 and 2029. But more importantly, they got Kyrie Irving out of here. I I feel like it's a a decent enough trade for Brooklyn considering that they weren't going to bring him back and he was out of contract. But my, my questions are a little bit bigger. And I agree with you. Like the idea of, Kyrie Irving on the Bulls is like ridiculous. Well, like, and I'll say this too: I was proven absolutely one hundred percent wrong because I never thought they Jew- would even. I never thought a Jewish owner would trade for Kyrie Irving. Hmm. And it's it's really disappointing that one did. Do you think that? I mean, I I know I wouldn't have traded for him. I wonder what types of conversations were had between Cuban and Josiah about dealing with him. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I was confident that this is not a guy that, that Michael Reinsdorf would want. And I'm a, I'm a little surprised, a little disappointed that Mark Cuban did and is now ready to empower this guy. And there were reports that the, the bulls had like kicked the tires on it. And maybe they were going to be a third team involved and all sorts of well, other there stuff. There might be opportunity there. There, there, there's still in, in some of this uncertainty and volatility, there might be a little bit of opportunity for the bulls who should be thinking about uh, how they can figure themselves out. Yeah. The trade deadline is Thursday at two o'clock. I look at the, the guys that are at the top of the NBA or, or what we perceive to be the, the most powerful players at the top of the NBA. And I, I wonder over the last couple of years, are they happy with the decisions that they've made? Like from the outside, you would say obviously not, but I don't know. Like maybe they are. I look at LeBron going to the Lakers, and yes, they have the championship inside the bubble. A title is a title is a title. But after that, he's been out here begging. Like Russell Westbrook is has done exactly what people thought Russ was going to do. Although he's been a lot, like he's been a good player this year. They found a role for him, and he's seemingly excelled in it. But we kind of knew that there wasn't a ton of talent around him. Kevin Durant, there's a part of me that feels really bad for Kevin Durant. And there's a part of me that's like, you did this to yourself. You you decided to attach yourself to Kyrie Irving. Not once, but twice. Like, you, you do it initially, and then there's the double down. And... When the two were playing together before KD got hurt, I think they had won 18 out of 20 games. Ben Simmons was playing well enough. And you were right there. Right right now, I think they're still the number four seed in the East. I don't think they can win a title, even with Kevin Durant. But I keep wondering, like, are those guys happy? Every actor wants to direct. 
That's what this is. Every actor says, you know, when I get behind the camera, when I and most actors eventually learn. Some are really good at it, you know. For but for every for every Clint Eastwood, there's there's someone who goes back to saying, you know, I I don't I don't like this. This isn't fun. And I know that if I'm going to make good movies, it needs to be in the hands of a competent director. For, for every Clint Eastwood, there's an Olivia Wilde. Hey, yeah, that's like I mean, I can't wait to see. Did Elizabeth Banks direct Cocaine Bear? Yes, I, yes. Okay, that see correct. that that's why I, I'm interested to see if she's getting better because her effort, I thought, in the Pitch Perfect series was not great. Well, let's let's and, see how Cocaine Bear turns out because uh, obviously I want to see Cocaine. But Bear. but the the problem is is that you have these like, to use yeah. that analogy. You have people that are directing themselves. Like, they're not even just directing. They're directing themselves. And they're like, I'm going to put myself in, in, in this big budget film. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not just direct, but produce. I'm going to add pieces Producing to it. Producing is fine. Producers don't really do anything. Uh, trust it, me. It, I it's, know. It's, it's the director that is going to determine the... the it's talking about me for House of L. To the quality of the film. And every uh, when you start... Look... Learn the Jordan lesson. Here's the thing. Mike had all kinds of ideas. And Mike, a lot of them were terrible. They're all bad. Mike had all kinds of ideas. I mean, he's still playing it out right now, and the ideas are bad. But when it was Walter Davis, and then it was he wanted to get Jason Williams, and there were all of these guys that he liked because they were his guys. And Jerry Krause would say, well, that's adorable. And thanks, you know, thanks for asking, or thanks for floating that one in the media. And they would ignore him, and they would go about building a team around him. That's the part that I would like to understand better. And I wish that in honest moments, I wish there could be someone who could have, and maybe once their careers are over, we'll see this. LeBron can't be happy with the way that this has ended. Granted, he's in a space and in a city where he can do all of the other stuff that he wants to do. And he's gone beyond a basketball player. He's a brand outside of basketball. But how awful is it? That we're going to celebrate LeBron this week, and he's on a team that's going absolutely nowhere. And he's still out here on Twitter, like, trying to get Kyrie back, even, even when that ended up failing because of Kyrie. I am here, Dan, for player empowerment. I'm all for it. Um, shout out to Tony Gill and Jason Goff, because they've both done really good segments on this, on on uh, Jason's pod, um, the full go. And... I'm I'm stuck because I do want there to be agency. What I can't figure out is is the relationship between ownership and labor so bad at the highest levels of this that players don't want to find a partner. Like if I were in their their shoes and I'm not cuz I'm not very good at sports anymore. But I would be looking for not just the city and not just like a yes man as a GM, but someone who's going to crystallize my ideas and say, here's why this won't work. Here's why why this would work. Like, this is a great idea, and we can do this. And instead of looking at it as, I'm going to come in and run the franchise, why aren't you looking for a partner that's going to help you maximize everything that you want to do? And have the wherewithal to apply different criteria to some of the decisions. And it's going to say, look, if we can build in an escape hatch to the way these contracts are set up, if it doesn't work or metrically, 
analytically, this is a bad fit and here's why. So let's experiment with it. Let's see. But we're going to need this piece, this piece, and this piece to make all of these things fit. Well, like with the Lakers and Rob Palinka, you could everyone that was outside of the Lakers bubble looked at this and said, well, you know, this isn't going to work if Anthony Davis isn't healthy for a majority of the time. Which he never is. And it's likely that he's not going to be healthy. So, LeBron, if you think that you're getting ready to hand the Lakers over to Anthony Davis, as as you age and your skills decline, it's unlikely that that's going to be the case. This is a terrible idea. Having Russ on this team is a terrible idea. And at no point, I, I feel like I'm not, I'm not seeing enough actual reflection on the role that these incredible stars have played kind of in their own demise. Kevin Durant has played a major role in his demise. He's he's so good. I love watching him play so much. But he, he didn't understand that he was also going to be... Great players never get this part of it. Great players think that they can't play anymore and people talk about them being old. Usually that's not what happens unless it's football. Usually when it comes to baseball, basketball, or hockey, you're injured because your body's older. So you're going to have more stuff. It's not that you still can't play at a high level. Obviously, Kevin Durant is still one of the best players in the NBA. But if your body is going to fail you, what is there to balance it out? And did you not take that into account when you were making these demands about things? That takes a lot of self-awareness. That takes a lot of humility to recognize one's career mortality and the one the, your game changes and degrades over time in a non-linear way. And I know that we're only talking about four or five guys in the league. LeBron, KD, Kyrie, but that's NBA James, ball. James Harden. But, but I look at some of the choices that all of them have made, and I'm going, was there anyone that you trusted and respected that pushed back and said, hey, have you ever considered that this might not work? Well, Giannis isn't like that. Not yet. It doesn't seem like he's he's built like that. It doesn't at all. But at who all. knows? Who, who knows what happens when he starts looking down the barrel of, I want more titles and I, I deserve more MVPs. It doesn't seem like Joker is like that either. But maybe because they're they are these established and if I were the Joker, I would be upset because I'm I'm arguably the MVP every year. And and a facilitator first. Right. And I'm looking around and we're never gonna make it out of the second round of the, the Western Conference playoffs. By the way, at some point we need to have a conversation about Memphis. We need to have a real like conversation. Aren't the Bulls there tomorrow? Yeah, I believe so. But that that team is is um, devolving in a way that is not good. Um, but I, I just I really am stuck on like if you're Kevin Durant this morning and, and you're sitting there going, I went through hell to make this happen. Like we we pulled everything together. I made all my threats. I did all this stuff. I get this guy. I bring this guy along, and he. He's a cancer. He's an absolute cancer to whatever it is that we're trying to do. 
And then when I saw it, when I saw him be a cancer, I doubled down again on him. And then in a season where you could make an argument that a healthy Kyrie and a healthy KD could be contenders in the East, he's like, you know what? I'm out. I want to be traded because they're not going to sign me. And he's given that power because he's a headache. Like, that, that's the one thing that I wonder about. Like, being a headache to facilitate getting pushed out the door. Is it, in the long run, worth it? And I don't have an answer to it. It's just every time I look up and I go, man, Kyrie has been given a lot of power. And I wonder, and this is a point that, that, that Goff made, when the new collective bargaining agreement comes up, how are owners going to treat contract language? Going forward. What do you mean? Guys that have four years left on a deal saying that they're not going to play and that you're going to try. I think that they might change some of that language. They might fight for there to be more punitive language for actions like that by players. Just because you get to that gray area of so much tampering. Yeah. Where you teams used to really police, you know, don't talk about my players or don't say, you know, we we'd love to have you here or because now a player could just be like I'm not going to I'm, I'm going to hold out and and like you say the empowerment's great, but there has to be an equitable arrangement between teams regarding other teams assets under contract. The, the contract, like you say, it's got to mean something in that regard because you get a player on Twitter floating outlandish ideas and the next thing you know, guys are demanding trades and, and moving around. That it makes it impossible to, to plan. We also, uh, I do think that there is a, when it comes to NBA culture, and I'm talking about NBA fan culture, I think that we venerate these guys for doing this because they're they have some muscle and they're flexing it, but we we have not done a good job of actually getting into the choices that were demanded by players and whether or not it ended up serving them. Because I I I hate the idea that these last few years of LeBron James have been absolutely wasted. Like he's still playing at a ridiculously high level. Kevin Durant, when healthy, is still playing at a ridiculously high level. And it's just like, it's into the ether because you made choices. And along the way, there was no check and balance that allowed for someone to go, no, LeBron, that ain't it. Like, that's, you don't want to do this. This is silly. So, and, and I feel like they're in a little bit of an echo chamber. They're talking to each other about this. And almost none of them are getting what they want. James Harden hasn't gotten what he's wanted out of this. Joel Embiid is in there like, dude, I'm I'm really good. We should be winning more. And no one's getting anything out of it. Ben Simmons, same thing. Well, there's some extenuating circumstances, obviously, with Ben Simmons. There when are. Parts, parts of his game just simply abandoned There him. are. And that's, that's sad. It's really sad, but there was also an element of, I'm going to do what I want to do and maybe not looking at what's best for my basketball future. I don't have any solutions. I just know that this was something that was deeply on my mind as the Kyrie trade went down. And, and I'm just sitting there going, is any, are any one of those guys happy? 
Like this morning, is James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, LeBron James, or Kevin Durant happy after after having all of that power and utilizing it? Like saying, yes, I am the master of my fate. Are you happy that you're the master of your fate? Because it, it looks like you've you steered your ship into a disaster. You asked that question. I think we can ask another regarding what this deadline and what this move and the volatility inherent in it it can do for the Bulls. And is there an opportunity here? There might be. We'll discuss next on The Score. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. DeMar DeRozan, I love you! Yeah, I love you. I'd like to move you. Frankly, that, that I, I think that would be Ideal for the Bulls to move on now. And while well, he's got a lot of value, you can probably get something decent back and you can clear the runway for Patrick Williams and Kobe White to develop a little bit, make some room for some guys. If somebody comes calling for IO after three good games, that's good too. I'm there for that. But maybe the Nets. So there's a lot of people who were saying, well, if you look at the Nets now as currently constructed, He'd fit in just right. The Nets opened up the door for someone to take the scoring load off of of KD when KD comes back. Yeah, every once in a while, just have that have that other guy, a guy who can, who also can facilitate a little bit. And we know the 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 hangups with Demar's game. We know him too well. We've seen it now. You, you got to kind of live the Demar experience to to understand what holds you back. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit later with with Mark Shanowski when he joins us. But I thought I thought my podcast partner had a really interesting observation from the Portland game. What's the name of the podcast, Dan? It's thank you for asking. Wow, it's almost like you know how to market podcasts. It's called Organizations <laughs> Win Championships, and it's an Odyssey podcast by twenty four hundred Sports. And you should g- give it a shot. And he made this point, and he when we were watching the Portland game, he said, "Why would you ever double team Demar?" Yeah, I heard I heard that conversation, and I was I was working it through. I was listening this morning to the podcast, and I was like, "That's interesting." And here's here's the conclusion I came up to. This would have been my rebuttal to young Jason Bernstein. Okay, the reason that you double Demar is that when you look around the floor with the Bulls, there are a bunch of guys who are going to make bad decisions once they get the ball, and Demar. The only real bad decision that he makes is his fatal flaw that I'm going to shoot a two instead of shooting a three. Whereas Zach's going to throw the ball into the stands. Uh, uh, IO is going to try to dunk and get rejected. Like we're the rest of these guys. I'm not sure that they, they know where the next basketball play is, but I still like that exchange. If you double DeMar, you're doing the bulls a favor because you're forcing them to move the ball. And what I would like to see, I'd like to see the percentage of three-point attempts that they take when DeMar is being doubled. Because I think you're more likely to get a more valuable shot when... If when the, if DeMar is going one-on-one, he's going to like, ah, I can win this. I'm going to take this too. I'll live with that. See, I will... I will as, as, as the other as team. As the opposing coach. Right. The opposing coach, if, if what's going to happen in this possession... The other team is going to take a contested two. Well, is it maybe the best contested two maker in the league left? Yes. 
but it still works over the long haul. If you double him, you force ball movement. You 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 are forcing the Bulls to do something they're bad at doing and don't do enough. And it's more likely you're going to find a guy with a three. I mean, sure, it might be Io. If you're playing the defense right, you're doubling off of Io, right? And that's the and guy you're shoot. daring him to shoot. And you're daring him to shoot, and that that's probably what you do. But it still gets that started in a way where you as a defense are choosing to make the Bulls initiate what they don't want to do and what they're not doing when they're bad. So I, neither here nor there. It'd be interesting to see what Pop does against him tonight. Yeah. Well, because and Pop, again, knows him well, and Pop is, was always cool with him taking that shot. Which is a flaw in, in his incredible career as a coach. But we shall see. I, I just I, I hope that in some of this in some of this chaos pre deadline that there might be a little bit of opportunity. Make sure you're just picking up that phone. Read the thing that Bill sent us. Oh. On on the subject of like player empowerment and partnership and- Yeah, this is Bill on Capitol Hill. He says real partnership, like real friendship, hangs on no. You can be as great as you like, but if you don't have anyone who can tell you no, you're daring the gods to send a nemesis your way. Phil Jackson may or may not have been overrated, but he's great because he set boundaries for legends. How about that? And for the most part, they stayed inside of those boundaries. There were obviously things that he bent for people. Sure, but he also said, if you do this, if you trust me, we're more likely to win titles. Yep. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of trust between players that are at the top of the game and front offices, except for like what you were saying. I think the Giannis point is a really good point, where it seems like, so far, Giannis is like, everything's great. Man, but look, you, you mentioned Pop. Look at that dynasty. Look at the humility involved in that dynasty. The people that bought in and allowed for everything to happen. Like, you trust your front office. You trust your coach. In, in some cases, it's both. You trust the players that are around you. You trust the scouting department. And it all works, and you win titles. The ancillary players empowering the, the rotation guys. Every, on those teams, everybody mattered, whether it was you know Danny Green and Bruce Bowen and guys who they, they found people to do very specific things that engendered trust. Yeah, and you know, I, I should have mentioned this before. But another mistake, in my opinion, that Kevin Durant made was remember a couple months ago where he was talking about the Nets without Kyrie? And he's like, look at this starting lineup. There's me, and then there's... He basically was like, there's me, and there's this bum, and this bum, and this bum, and this bum. And I don't think that that's really good leadership either. That's that's not telling the guys that are the bums, and they know that they're bums. They know that you're KD. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't feel like they're a part of this thing. It's it's a it's a lot to dive into. I'm glad that we had a chance to like kind of talk about it because I'm sitting in in the house yesterday, just like running through it by myself, and I'm just like, all of this stuff needs to be changed. Like, there needs to be a bigger commitment to the partnership aspect of it, and some real reflection on what role you played in your own damn demise. Anthony Heron will talk football with us next on Bernstein and Holmes on the Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts Baseball is back and so is MLB.tv Watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long Follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.